Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Y'all are in for a treat today because I am bringing on one of my very favorite humans in the entire world, and I have a feeling that quite a few of you likely already know our guest today. My guest, Courtney Dehoff, is a Kansas ranch kid turned television host and speaker passionate about upholding traditions of the West in unexpected ways. She is the original Fancy Lady Cowgirl, which is a movement that she started to uplift and embrace women from all walks of life who embody cowgirl qualities. Y'all are in for a treat from this delightful conversation with me and my dear friend, Courtney. Hello there, beautiful friend. I'm your host, Kaya, a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 100 pounds, but most importantly, rebuilding my relationship with myself. Now I am more on fire than ever to empower others to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out by sharing the tools, tips, and strategies that I've learned and continue to learn along the way mindset, health, body image, self-love, entrepreneurship, and more. We're here to chat about climbing the mountains of life all while finding joy in the journey. Welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now let's get climbing. All right. Welcome to the show, Courtney. Oh, it's always an honor and it's always a pleasure to get to sit down with your smiling face. So thank you for having me. Oh, of course. Thank you for being here. Okay. I feel like I need to give context of how this friendship was created. I'll be honest. I think the first time that I knew of you um, really happened, and we can talk about this too, but it happened when you when you created some really great stories that went viral on social media like years ago. And I want to dive into that in a second. But our real life friendship manifested when we both served as marketing ambassadors for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association Convention. And my favorite thing about our meeting was that I had brought my mom with me that year as my date and you brought your mom with you that year as your date. And they became fast friends. I think that they might talk just as much, if not more than we do. Yeah. uh, My mom is my forever date as I feel that yours is too. Uh, Yeah. I think they might love each other more than you and I love each other. I don't know. It's just, it just made it extra fun. Like you were just such a like light. And I remember it was just, my mom and I just loved being around you and your mom because you guys were just, you just have this energy about you that I love. And then, wow, you turn our two moms loose and it's like just two loose cannons running around. Um, I don't even where we, in, we were in San Antonio. Uh, yeah. So it was, I just think back to that. And I think of like where our friendship, how our friendship has evolved and like all of these grand plans that we have together. And I'm like, man, that was like such a, just like God moment, right. To like put us together, let us be ambassadors at that, at that same event. And it was just the perfect storm. Totally agree. 1000%. Okay. Courtney, now listen, I think a lot of my listeners probably already know who you are, but there might be some people that don't really know you yet. And I feel like you are a very multi-passionate person and I feel like what you do and what you create has many different forms. So I'd love for you to tell me a little bit about what it is that you do. Where is your passion? What is your role currently in this beautiful world and life that we live in? And And I also want you to tell me, is this what you always knew you'd be doing? Is this what you thought, where you thought you'd be at this point in your life? Or has life kind of unexpectedly brought you to where you're at right now? Oh, goodness. This is like a six-hour answer. Uh, I'll try to rein it in. So to answer your second question first, no. This is absolutely not where I thought I would be at this point, at this age. You know, I grew up surrounded by agriculture. I grew up on a ranch. I'm fourth generation. I grew up showing cattle, 
riding horses, uh, high school rodeo all around the country. Eventually I went to Oklahoma State where I majored in ag communications, where I was on the rodeo team. So it was like agriculture was really all that I knew. I just grew up as a cowgirl and that was really my passion. And then during my time at Oklahoma State, I sort of stumbled into an internship at a television station, really because I thought it would be great to check off that internship credit and to see my face on TV. And it was the beginning of my whole life changing because the executive producer at that TV station, he did agree to give me an internship. But one thing that Rob was really adamant about, he's like, I will let you be on TV. He knew that I had come from a 4-H you know, um, background that I grew up giving talks and things in the National Junior Angus Association. So he knew that I could talk on TV and give a speech and whatever. But he was really passionate about making me do all the other things that were involved in television. So things, some things that I didn't want to do, you know, like building graphics, running teleprompter, you know, stuff that I was like, yeah, this is not my jam. But he made me do every, everything as a good, you know, intern should. And he really taught me how to tell great stories. And he taught me how to tell stories in a way that impacted people emotionally. And I'm just so blessed for Rob because he really was sort of the, the person that, that launched my career. And he's still a great mentor um, today. I have a call with him on Friday and I'm just really thankful. So anyway, I worked at this little TV station in Stillwater. My internship lasted uh, four or six, week, six weeks, I think. And when my internship was over, my key card to get into the door still worked. And so I just kept going and nobody said anything. And so when people are like, Courtney, how did you, you know, end up in network television? I'm like, well, I just kept showing up. I just kept showing up. Um, you know, eventually they did hire me. Eventually I went on and I got my next job and it was just really this evolution. But to make sort of a very long story short, when I left that TV station in Stillwater, I went to a network. Um, I was based in Nashville, Tennessee, a top market, you know, a huge jump especially as far as television markets go. And the overall sentiment in TV was, I had a little bit of talent, but agents and managers, the people that you really rely on in your TV career to help you get jobs and move up the ranks, they really stressed that the cowgirl hat, the cowboy boots, that it was cute and fine to do in private on the weekends because nobody was going to take me seriously if I looked like that on TV. If I wanted to be a real mainstream media TV host, the message was you cannot dress like that. You can't be a little cowgirl. Nobody knows where Kansas is. Like you need to play the part. And so I did uh, for over a decade. I played the part and, you know, I, I was having some success in my TV career. I was landing jobs and top markets like Dallas. I was working on syndicated, you know, morning shows with household names and it was fine. But there was just something missing. And it took me a really long time to really tap into what that was. And I think what was missing was a part of my soul, right? I grew up as a cowgirl. The cowboy hat was a part of you know who I had been. And the cowboy hat represented the culture and the community that I loved so dearly. But I was sort of hiding that side of me. And it took a really long time to fully step into both sides of who I am. And it's, again, it's a long drawn out story, but, you know, eventually I just decided I want to be both the fancy lady TV host, working in the fancy cities, living in the high rises, interviewing celebrities, getting to do all these cool, fancy things, but I'm still a cowgirl and I will always be a cowgirl. And that's how fancy lady cowgirl sort of 
really came to be. It, it really was just my way. It was a hashtag and a post on social media that was really just my way of ranting and saying, I'm done. I'm done trying to fit into the mold because I don't quite fit into the world of television because once a cowgirl, always a cowgirl, right? They couldn't quite yeah. beat it out of me. But I don't quite fit into the cowgirl community anymore either because I don't ride a horse every day because I don't live in a rural community because I have nothing really to do with agriculture on a day-to-day basis anymore. So I suddenly wasn't accepted in the community that sort of raised me and I was never really totally accepted, I don't think, in my own mind. I think this is a lot of this is in my own mind, but I didn't feel like I was completely accepted in the television world. And so I finally just was like, well... I'm done. Courtney's just going to be Courtney. She's going to be a fancy lady cowgirl. And what came of this, this little hashtag on one little post on social media was hundreds of women and men, hundreds of women and men reaching out and sharing their own stories, their own stories of not fitting in, not feeling accepted. It started with cowgirls and cowboys, but fancy lady cowgirl has seeped into mainstream cultures and communities that are far removed from the Western culture because we have all been there, right? We've all tried to fit into that little mold that society says we need to be like, you know, if you're going to be a doctor, well, you need to study this way. You need to go to this school. Hopefully your parents were doctors. If you want to be taken seriously as, as a doctor, you need to be this kind of doctor. It's no different. You know, everyone has had that sort of fancy lady cowgirl experience. And that is really sort of what my community has become and continues to evolve into is, just this place for anyone who has been made to sort of feel like they don't quite fit in or don't quite measure up. And I really look at people from a cowgirl's perspective and I see cowgirl and cowboy qualities in people from all walks of life. And I think that's what's so cool. So really fancy lady cowgirl, when people are like, what is it? I'm like, well, fancy lady cowgirl is just, it's a lifestyle, it's a brand, whatever you want to call it, that uplifts and embodies women from all different walks of life who have all different stories, but who have a little bit of the cowgirl spirit in them. So that's really what it is, sort of the short story of how it came to be. Oh, so good. Okay. I want to back up a little bit. You know, I... I personally connect so much to that feeling that you described earlier of feeling like, okay, well, I grew up this way in agriculture, this Western lifestyle, and that's a part of me. And now where I'm at, where I'm living, you're living in the big city, you're in this different career. You're like, you feel like you have to hide those parts of you to fit into this mold. And so you kind of feel like you have one foot in, one foot out, but you don't really have your feet planted anywhere specifically. And gosh, I feel that now as a coach, you know, most of my time is like, I'm sitting right here across from a computer screen, right? This is what my day-to-day life looks like. And I feel like I struggle with this imposter syndrome of like, you know, I grew up on a ranch, but I I can't, you know, can I speak to ranching anymore? I haven't gotten on a horse. I haven't worked cattle with my family in a while. And, and this feeling of being an imposter. So I guess my question for you though, is going back, what gave you the courage to finally decide I'm going to be me, whatever that looks like, even if I don't see anybody else doing that? Where was Where was that shift for you? I don't think there was one moment specifically, but I spent a lot of time chasing the big job, job after job in the television industry. And that meant I spent a lot of time at 9 a.m. when I would get off work, sitting in my car in the parking lot crying because TV is a volatile industry. It's a tough industry. You have to, it, you have, to have very thick skin 
in the TV industry. And, you know, eventually that sort of just wore on me because not only are you in this really tough, competitive, kind of almost cruel industry, but I'm also like busy trying to maintain this facade of, I am this TV host. I I live in the right place. I drive the right car. I have the right clothes. The hair and the makeup, you know, fits the TV. Uh, I'm, I'm speaking the way a TV host is supposed to be speaking. And so I think for so many years, I was trying so hard to fit into that. But then I was losing this other side of me. And I think eventually, for me, it really came with age and maturity, right? And TV, a lot of us, especially hosts, a lot of the talent, you know, it's, it's a hard industry to leave. And I think a lot of people can, can relate to this in a career, right? Because I, I felt if I wasn't Courtney, the TV host, I was nothing. I didn't have anything anymore. What made me cool and unique was the fact that I was on TV, right? The reason that I wasn't getting invited to events and to parties and to, you know, do cool things was because I was Courtney, the TV host. And I think I was so scared of losing that because I was like, man, when Courtney is no longer a TV host full time, like at a, at a station, who does she become? But I think eventually, again, you know, you, you get to that point in your life where you're like, life is too short. Life is too short to try to live up to other people's standards. And I didn't know where Fancy Lady Cowgirl was going to go, right? Again, I simply used this little hashtag Fancy Lady Cowgirl on a post one day. And this particular post was a little bit of a rant because you mentioned earlier in the podcast, I had sort of got up the courage to start telling agriculture stories on my social media because the news outlet that I was working for did not deem them newsworthy. And so I I started by dipping my toe in and I was like, I'm going to tell these ag stories on my social media. And they blew up. You know, many of them went viral. They weren't great stories. They were, they were terrible stories that I wish I hadn't had to tell, you know, natural disasters, wildfires, things like that, that were affecting farmers and ranchers. But the farmers and ranchers in the agriculture community, they were so appreciative of finally having a voice and they were uplifting me and they were, you know, thanking me. They were inviting me to come and speak at events. But then when they found out that I didn't actually live and work in the rural communities that I was fighting for, when they found out that I spent my mornings in hair and makeup and not in a feed truck, what happened was I essentially was written off. I was canceled. Oh, she's not the real deal. Oh, she couldn't possibly understand what we're going through on a day-to-day basis because she does not live our life. She is not one of us. Well, I was one of them. I grew up in that life. And so it was sort of this this back and forth. Like I got my courage, my nerve up to say, you know what, I'm going to be the cowgirl too. But then I didn't quite fit in there anymore either. And so Fancy Lady Cowgirl was just my way. I was like, well, if nobody wants me, I'm going to create my own space. And there's a really amazing quote that I thought, man, like I wish that I had had this five years ago when Fancy Lady Cowgirl first kind of with like the very little inkling, I didn't know what it was going to turn into, but it said, you know, don't, I'm going to screw this up. Um, Something to the effect of, you know, don't be afraid to sit at the table alone. Like, don't be afraid. If nobody else is inviting you to your, to their table, don't be as afraid to sit alone. You know, if it means standing up for, it's a much better quote than that. I really butchered that. (laughs) Google that, everybody. Um, It was much more impactful than that, but that's what I did. And I had no idea that other people would join the, the community. I had no idea that it would turn into what it has turned into. 
and I don't even know where it's going, you know, still to this day, like I'm just sort of riding the ride and um, it's, yeah, it's been, it's been a journey. I truly believe that if you change your habits, you can change your life. Our life is the result of the habits that we practice daily. Improving your life isn't about making some scary, drastic change overnight. It's about meeting yourself where you're at and making small changes over time that you can actually stick with. But you've got to start small to stay consistent, which is why I put together a free healthy habits checklist to help you do just that. Download my free PDF to set your intentions for what small healthy habits you are going to start practicing today. There's a place for you to check them off the list and celebrate every single baby step along the way. You can download yours for free at coachkayacommunity.com forward slash healthy dash habits, or you can click the link below. Again, that's coachkayacommunity.com forward slash healthy dash habits, or click the link in the show notes to download yours today for free. Start changing your life, friend, one healthy habit at a time. Okay, so I want to know, Courtney, you know, you talk about how um, you want to uplift women from all walks of life who embody cowgirl qualities. And I know that you speak very passionately on your story that people in agriculture need to stop rejecting non-ag people who are trying to be a part of this community who maybe try to wear a cowboy hat. They might put it on backwards. And instead of us shaming them, how can we kind of welcome them and embrace them? And I guess my question for you is, in your opinion, what does it mean to you to be a cowgirl? Does it mean you have to grow up on a ranch? Does it mean you have to have ever ridden a horse? Like what does being a cowgirl mean to you? I'm going to give you my very controversial answer. I have discovered that this is very controversial because the haters, honey, they come for me when I say this on social media. I think, you know, it's hard to really express this in an Instagram post, right? But in my mind, when I look at the the Western industry and when I look at keeping the cowgirl and cowboy spirit alive, when I look at keeping agriculture alive, right, there are states in our country right now who are actively trying to do away with agriculture. They're trying to do away with Western sports. They're trying to do away with raising beef cattle. They are putting, you know, so many regulations on our farmers and ranchers, that our farmers and ranchers are going out of business. These are the people growing our food, right? So when I think, I like to step back and really think big picture. And I think that living an urban lifestyle largely for the last decade has really given me an incredible perspective because I have been able to literally step into the shoes of urban America. And it's given me this this beautiful, you know, sort of, I have this juxtaposition, I can be this, but I can be this, and I see where both sides are coming from. So when I think of a cowgirl, you know, it is a very, it's a very passionate community, right? And they hold their, their traditions and their cultures very close. And I love that about them. That's what makes cowgirls and cowboys so special. But I also see that the minute someone does not look like them, act like them, think like them, live like them, believe the same things they do, have the same politics, religion, the minute you don't fit into that stereotypical, traditional cowgirl mold, they're like, see ya, don't let the door hit you. We don't need you. 
you didn't earn the right to be a cowgirl, so you don't get to be here. And sometimes on social media, that gets misconstrued as, oh, well, Courtney doesn't want people's feelings to hit bullshit. That's not what this is about. I don't know if you're allowed to cuss on this podcast, but I'm very passionate. (laughs) The thing is, we are denying people the right to be in this community who could completely change this narrative with us. We're denying people who might have something so important to give the right to even step in by writing them off and telling them they don't measure up and they'll never fit in and they'll never get it and they'll never be successful. You know, just yesterday I shared, it was announced Forbes and I hate introducing her this way, but I cannot, Mackenzie is her first name. I don't know if she still uses Jeff, I don't think she uses Jeff Bezos last name. Jeff Bezos, wife, ex-wife who built Amazon with him, right? She was one of the people who built it. He gets the fame. She just, okay. I think of her, I don't think agriculture. I don't know much about her. When I think of Bezos and Amazon, he does some things that maybe don't support agriculture. She doesn't look like a cowgirl. I don't know if she owns a cowboy hat. She just donated $50 million to 4-H. It's the single largest donation in 4-H's 120 year history. If McKinsey had walked into a room of traditional, you know, cowgirls and we're doing our thing, how many of us, myself potentially in the past even included, or not potentially in the past included, would have looked at her and said, why is she here? Who is she? What does she know about agriculture? Yeah. She just gave $50 million to one of the, the most amazing youth agriculture organizations around. And so- I see things like that. And that's a rare, that's a huge example. There are tiny examples that are just as powerful, but I think, gosh, how many people are we writing off? Because we just assume they don't understand us. We just assume they're, they don't get us or they're not for us. You know, I've thought about this a lot because when I say that I believe everyone who has a love for the lifestyle, who has an interest in the lifestyle, who has a passion for the culture, gets to be here and here's the controversial part that makes people go ballistic and gets to call themselves a cowgirl i think everyone who has an appreciation for it gets to be here now the argument that i get on social media is oh well courtney i really love surgeons so i guess now i'm a surgeon to me being a cowgirl is so much bigger than a job Yes, I understand being a cowgirl is a job. Yes, I'm well aware that it's defined on the internet as a job. But to me, being a cowgirl, it's always been something so much bigger. It's always been about something so much deeper. To me, being a cowgirl is a state of mind, right? Giving away your fortune to organizations that can change people's lives, like McKinsey, that's some fancy lady cowgirl business right there. And so when I think of a cowgirl, I can see cowgirl in women from all walks of life. I can see cowgirl in women who have never stepped foot on a farm or ranch, right? You know, when I think about cowgirl qualities, it's that it's bravery, it's tenacity, and it is like grittiness like you've never seen, right? Cowgirls, man, they do not back down. They stand up for what they believe in. You know, they they are not afraid to be themselves. And, you know, sometimes that doesn't sit well with people, when I say that I believe everyone is welcome and when I say that everyone gets to call themselves a cowgirl, I think agriculture, and I've thought about this a lot, I I feel like agriculture is a very fear-based industry and it's justified. It's justified. 
we're constantly under attack, right? The media is constantly trying to take us down. The animal rights activists are constantly after us. It is, it is a fear-based industry, but there is a difference between projecting you know, your fears in a way that just completely shuts everyone else out and maybe being, you can still be fearful, right? We're all fearful for this industry, but I think we have to be willing to push some of that fear aside enough to start letting other people in. Because there's so many people that want to be a part of this community. And I think that's one of the coolest things that Fancy Lady Cowgirl has taught me. And really one of the most surprising things. I used to be sort of embarrassed to like wear a cowboy hat in a city. What I've learned is that people are enamored by it. People want to talk about it. They want to, they want to touch it. They want to ask questions. They want to know if you ride a bull. They want to, and it's not in a disrespectful way. Like people are genuinely interested in what we do. And I think for so long, we've just sort of shut them out and not given them the opportunity and, and not saying, hey, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to ask which way your cowboy hat has to go on. It's okay if you don't own a cowboy hat. You don't like cowboy hats, great. You don't ever need to wear one to be a cowgirl. And so that's a very long, I went on a full rant. It's been an emotional love like it. month with the whole cowgirl thing because- yeah, the haters are loud. And um, I've had to really like stop and reflect, like, am I doing the right thing? But I won I finally I told my mom, I said, you know, I don't think that this way of thinking and this like feeling, I don't think that God would have put it in me if he didn't want me to share it. And so I just have I just have to come to the fact that not everyone's gonna like it. Not everyone's going to like me, and man, they certainly don't, but you know, I'm just trying to do what I think is best for agriculture. And, you know, you, you touched on this a little bit, but the truth is, is that having a strong passion opinion about something, number one, it helps you grow a community because it gives people a place to feel like, oh my gosh, like seen and heard. And like, I feel the same way. Like finally someone is putting words to how I'm feeling or someone is, has a table that they're welcoming me, welcoming me to for the first time. And that's incredible. But having a strong, passionate opinion also comes with some strong, passionate haters too. And so how do you, how do you navigate that? Well, I am learning that I might not navigate it very well. Um, <laughs> gosh, you know, learning in real time here. <laughs> I am absolutely learning in real time. Um, in fact, just a couple of weeks ago, man, and it was the first time that I, I've ha I get it a lot on Facebook. I feel like Facebook is sort of, um, it's just a different crowd. It's a different generation, you know, and they're pretty loud. And that's never really bothered me as much. Like Facebook, the haters there have never bothered me. But man, a couple of weeks ago, Instagram, my nice, nice, safe platform, they came for me and it broke my heart. And it, um, it just, I put off, you know, fancy lady cowgirls about confidence and owning it and standing up for what you believe in. But here's the thing, at the end of the day, and you and I talked about this, Kaya, like we're human. And those mm -hmm. girls, they damn near broke me. And I just couldn't do anything. You know, I, I, I started out by trying to respond to some of the comments. And it was interesting, you know, it, I had posted this post and it was just that. The whole post was, everyone gets to be here. Everyone gets to call themselves a cowgirl. And I saw the first comment come in about four days later after I posted this. And I thought, wow, that, you know, she's, she's upset, but maybe she didn't have anything else to do today. I don't know. 
and then comment after comment after comment. Well, then they started resharing it. Then they started sharing pictures of me and calling me things like, you know, derogatory terms like retard and things that I just are so inappropriate. And what really, I just couldn't wrap my head around it. These were adult women. These were other women. And I have no problem if you don't agree with me. I have no problem if you hate me. It's fine if you think my clothes are stupid. But this particular experience, I just couldn't get around the fact that someone would get on the internet, this this group, and share things and go nuts and be so mean to someone they had never met. Most mm-hmm. of them don't, didn't even follow, weren't even following me. So I'm like, why are you here? Why you've not read the 400 other posts? You've not listened to my podcast. You've not listened. Like I am fighting for this industry. And I made the mistake in hindsight, probably as my manager, business manager, my mother pointed out, and I tried to respond. I tried to have conversations in the comments. And it just, I'm going to pull this up actually, because I I had to, this was like my form of self. I'm not going to read anything crazy. Don't worry. But I started putting notes um, in my phone just about, you know, like the haters and, and, and sort of how to deal with it, because I think it, it just really bothered me. And so I started just reading these, these little things that were like, okay, I needed to hear this myself. The first one I kept having to remember, I was like, this is really embarrassing. They are destroying me on the internet. I lost hundreds of followers people that I considered friends that I've worked with. And this is the one that really got me. They were sharing some of this stuff. And these are people that know me and people that know my heart. And I'm like, man, that breaks me. But I had to keep telling myself, what you say about others says a lot more about you than it does them. And I had to keep telling myself that. Like, this, this is embarrassing to me in a way, but it says so much more about them. It says so much more about their character. And I, Eleanor Roosevelt, I wrote this one down, great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, small minds discuss people. And I just, I just had to like, kind of live in this space of like writing and I'm calling my mom every day. And I'm like, can you believe? I thought we were friends. Like, can you believe she unfollowed me? Like all because I decided that everyone got to be a cowgirl. And then maybe the next thing that I should have just not done in hindsight, and I didn't share their names, but I clipped some of these nasty comments and I made another post. And my mom said, well, it got a little misconstrued. It seemed like you were posting this to sort of back at them. And I, a part of me, I'm sure definitely was. But what I thought to myself is I'm not going to stand for this because I'll get through this. I'll be able to get up in the morning that there might be a little girl somewhere that doesn't get up in the morning with people. And it just, and that's why I shared it because it made me so sad that they're doing this to other people. They're doing this to girls who are trying to stand up for something that they believe in, whether it's in the Western space or not. And that's what made me mad. And so I reposted it and I said, you know, don't let, don't let this define you. Don't let, well, then it just blew up. Then they really came for me. And so it just, it it just turned into this mess. And so moving forward, you know, just delete it, delete it, block them. Mm -hmm. I blocked them. I deleted them. They created fake accounts. They reposted. They said, oh, now she can't have a, she's a chicken. She can't have a real conversation. She won't answer our questions. 
and it just, this is, this is the, the new mindset that I'm having to live by moving forward. And I thought this was so good. It says, never argue with anyone who is committed to hating you and to misunderstanding you. Keep living your life, your hopes, your dreams while they live inside their hatred. And I needed that. Mm. I was like, oh, I needed mm. that because there was nothing I could say to these women to convince them that I was standing up for something that I thought that was a good thing. They were convinced mm -hmm. that I was destroying cowgirls. They were convinced that only working cowgirls get to call themselves cowgirls. And I think that is so small-minded. And, um, but I'd be lying if I, it's still, I still think about it, Kaya. Like I'll wake up or I'll get ready to post something and I'm like, should I even post this? Like, is it even yeah. worth the battle, you know? And I think that's the, that's the saddest thing. You know, how many people have great messages, great stories, how many people could change lives, but don't do it because strangers on the internet make it not yeah. worth it. And, you know, that's always, I guess, I just have to remember that, I guess. And, and I, I share this story just to, to share with people, like, no matter how confident someone on the internet seems, no matter how great their clothes are, no matter how many professional pictures they have, no matter how many followers they have, it doesn't matter you know, that kind of hatred still affects us. And um, yeah, it was an unpleasant experience. So yeah, to answer your question, moving forward, um, I think I'm just going to block and delete and move on. And you know, that's the thing that really like, just really punched my buttons. I'm like, oh, you don't even follow me. I see so much stuff on the internet that I don't agree with. And I have never once reshared it and attacked an individual specifically these were personal attacks they weren't like oh you know and not everybody like there was people who were trying to have you know decent conversations but it just like it just it just turned into a fiasco my mom was like just turn your comments off well I didn't know how to do that I was like trying to google it's too late <laughs> fire was burning Courtney was crying it was a mess I guess I guess the other perspective too Courtney is that they were really helping your engagement I guess <laughs> your were. Instagramming. They were, they were. And normally I'm like, very like, <laughs> okay, Karen, yeah. like yeah. you reshare, but like, it just got so out of control. I didn't even care. I was like, just everybody yeah. unfollow me. And yes. Me alone, oh my gosh. Please. You know, this, this got me thinking about that quote that Brene Brown shares at the beginning of her books. Um, I'm obsessed with Brene Brown. She's the best. Go run, don't walk, Love buy all her. the books, read all the things. But she quotes Teddy Roosevelt's The Man in the Arena quote, and I pulled it up because I want to say it because it's just it fits so perfectly what you're talking about, Court. This is what he said. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Mm, so good. It's just so good. And yeah, you know, and that's the other thing that I did that wasn't helpful um, for my emotional state is I went to these people's profiles and I could never say this because it would have just made, you know, this already burning fire even worse. But I'm like, what are y'all doing? Yeah. What are you? I mean, 
I think in their mind, they're standing up for their, their kind of cowgirl. And I love that. Like, go on, do it, stand up for that, but don't do it at the expense of someone else. I think that's what really bothered me. And, um, yeah, that's such a good quote. I'm going to pull that up and just, I'm going to add that to my list. Add it, add it to the I, list. I started, a good one. I started in my notes, just adding these when I, cause I needed them. Like it was like my own yeah. little personal form of therapy over those last few weeks. Totally. And so I'm going to add that to my, to my list. That's, that's a, a great good one. one. Y'all I love my smartwatch. Not only does it help me get where I need to be on time, usually, but it also helps me be more mindful and aware of my physical activity, sleep quality, heart rate, and so much more. The hardest part though, having it match my outfits and feel as glamorous as I'd like to, but not anymore. Thanks to Sparkle Bands, I have a variety of adorable, chic, and upcycled quality leather watch bands perfect for every outfit. From my cowhide bands to the tooled leather Kaya's Confidence Band with turquoise gemstones that I designed alongside the team. Now my smartwatch feels just as fashionable as I do. This women-owned company is located just down the street from me in my hometown, and I can attest they take their quality and their customers to heart. Check out their variety of high fashion watch bands and more at sparklebands.com. That's S-P-A-R-K-L-B-A-N-D-S.com. And use code KAYA10 to receive 10% off at checkout. Happy shopping. You know, you mentioned the confidence thing. And, you know, I think when some people see you, especially people who do follow and love you and what you stand for, they see you posing in your high fashion photo shoots, looking glam, standing on stage, speaking in front of thousands and thousands of people. And they might think to themselves, Courtney, like, wow, look how confident and fearless she is. I guess my question for you is, how do you gain the confidence to stand in front of people and be exactly who you are? Or how do you do it even in the moments when your confidence is wavering? Mm, that's a great question. I think it's important to remember that nobody feels fearless and confident all the time, right? I mean, you look at me and I, I think that my brand and who I am really does give off this, this certain amount of confidence. And I am confident. I'm, I'm finally, it took a very long time though. Sure. You have to remember that for a decade, I hid a part of who I was to try to fit in. And I had to go through that and experience that to finally have enough courage to just step into who I really was. But not everybody's confident all the time. Not everybody is fearless all the time. And I think for me, you know, whether I'm having this, this situation on the internet, I'm getting hate thrown at me, or I'm stepping onto a stage that I don't maybe feel 100% confident in, I have had to just step back. And for me, what keeps me going is the why when I'm not feeling confident or when I'm trying to find a little more confidence or be a little more fearless, I have to remember my why. And my why at the end of the day is my ranching family, right? It's the legacy that my grandfather and my great grandfather started in Kansas, you know, in a little rock house that didn't have running water when my grandma and grandpa moved into it. That is my why. My why is this community. It's the people in this community and that's why I keep doing it. That's why I keep sharing the photos in high fashion that people really, really love, but that some people really, really like to make fun of, right? That's the reason, uh, you know, that I keep talking about agriculture in a very sort of mainstream 
way or with a mainstream sort of um, vibe to it. Because my why is I have to do my part to keep this industry alive, to honor my family and, and their ranching legacy, and to honor your family and your family's ranching legacy, and to honor all of the people who have stepped into this community in some way. And so I think for me, that's been the biggest thing. Like, I just have to remember why I started doing this in the first place. I have to remind myself why I keep showing up. And then that really gives me the courage to keep going. So good. So good. And I feel like we've talked about this before, but the the way that you're able to carry on that ranching legacy for your family is entirely in your own way. And I kind of feel that way sometimes too. You know, sometimes I struggle with that imposter syndrome or that feeling like you shared at the beginning of, do I belong in agriculture because I'm not involved in the day-to-day production of it anymore or even the direct communication of it like I was in my early careers? Like I'm a coach now. But what I've come to terms with is maybe the way that I carry on this legacy, this ranching legacy, this legacy of agriculture is by tapping into what makes me unique and special and sharing my heart in in my own way. And it has been just so cool to watch you do that, Courtney, and do it so well and just create this incredible movement by being exactly who you are. And what I love about this conversation, and, and you do this so well in your social media because you just are such a great storyteller, is that you share the behind the scenes of it. You're like, yeah, I might look confident now, but like it took years years and years. And I think that it's just such a beautiful reminder because I think it's so easy to see people that we admire and make a lot of assumptions about them and what they have that we don't. But at the end of the day, we're all human. We all struggle with self-doubt. We all struggle with imposter syndrome. We all struggle with comparison. We all struggle with fear, but tapping into the deeper why. Because if you were doing this just to make people like you, you probably would have given up a long time ago, right? There's something that's deeper that drives you. And I think that that is huge. Mm, thank you. Yeah. It's it's been a it's it's been an interesting journey and I think the thing that you have to remember is no one is going to fully understand your story. And and it's so easy to look at something like the Insulated Cowgirl or to look at Coach Kaya and think, wow, they just like blew up overnight. <laughs> and I know we've heard it in all levels of business, but I I I always laugh and like yeah, 32 years overnight, like it took 32 years, you know, to to get here. And um, I think it's just important for anyone listening, maybe who is trying to find their place or is trying to find their community, maybe they want to create their community, or maybe they're trying to, they're, they're, maybe they're thinking about switching careers, but it's really scary or starting a podcast or whatever it may be, you know, like everybody starts somewhere. I actually, yesterday evening at like 9 30 I'm sitting at my desk and I was watching a YouTube video from Fallon Taylor former world champion barrel racer like this you know this flamboyant character right everyone knows Fallon in the western sports world and she did a, a YouTube on sort of how she built her brand Ranch Dressin and you know I don't know the numbers but I would assume a multi-million dollar company at this point and I had no idea how Ranch Dressin started. And I was watching this video and I'm like, man, Fallon Taylor's so cool. Like she's running this empire. She doesn't take shit. She, she, I love her because she is totally her own person, like pink hair. I mean, she was the, you know, she's a fancy lady cowgirl through and through, you know, no, she was misunderstood. She was whatever. And, you know, she started this, this sort of clothing company 
And like she said, before she even realized what it would turn into, she literally would run barrels at a rodeo in a shirt that her and her friends had dyed or glued some sparkles to. She would sell it. Literally, she called it the shirt off my back. She would literally sell the shirt off her back to pay her entry fee to go to rodeos. She would eventually qualify for the NFR. She would eventually win world title. But like her story, it's so easy to look at her hundreds of thousands of followers and to see her, you know, 10, 20, 50,000 square foot warehouse and think, dang, like I could never do that. And I was watching this video thinking, how many people in one way or another started by simply sharing, selling the shirt off their back, right? Mm -hmm. I have a little bit of like, I sell a few t-shirts and stuff and, and people are like, Courtney, you're not really doing like you're having an outside. It's stored right here in this kitchen under my center island, right? Like everything is in my apartment. You know, I sell a shirt, I buy a shirt. I sell a shirt, I buy a shirt. All, you know, it's, it's just one step at a time. And I think I'm getting way off track here. But anyway, I thought that was a great YouTube. And it just was really like, you have to remember that everyone starts somewhere. And I think that the key, the key is you just have to start, right? You just have to start. You, we were totally. just talking about this at, a couple of days ago. Like, you never know what something is going to turn into, right? I didn't know that Fancy Lady Cowgirl was going to turn into something, but I just... I kept pursuing it because like you said, it's something that's very passionate to me. It wasn't about getting followers. It wasn't about people liking me. It wasn't about getting to take fancy photos and fancy clothes. It was just about sharing the story of agriculture and sharing it, how it had affected me and how it had shaped who I was. And then in turn, it grew into sharing other people's stories. And then pretty soon everybody, you know, and it just sort of continues to to evolve. I don't even remember what your question was at this point. I got way off. No, I, I love that. You actually <laughs> kind of led into what I was going to ask you anyways, you know, which was, you know, if you could go back to your younger self or ask someone who is, is looking at you saying like, that's so cool. It'd be so cool if I could do that. Like, what would your advice be? And I think that, that is it. Get started and recognize that everyone has to start somewhere. You know, the phrase I always say in this community is my race, my pace. It's so easy to assume it's too late or that we're behind or that we should be further along. But like, this is your journey and the baby steps that you're taking today, selling the shirt off your back today, that matters. And it all adds up to, you know, the place that you're going to go. And when you see someone out there that you're like, that is amazing. That is so cool what she did. Instead of thinking, I could never do that. Think, oh my gosh, look, look at what's possible. I could do something like that too. And I just hope that people see that in your story. People see that in my story. You know, I like to see that in other people's story that I look up to and admire. They are just normal humans who have done the work, who showed up every single day to get a little bit closer to build that dream. And it's it's been so cool to see how you built yours. And and I saw the video you posted today about Fallon's journey, and she kind of takes the covers, you know, the draws the curtain back and shows you the journey. And it's easy to it's like a before and after picture. You, you don't see the in-between, the messy middle. And I feel like you and I are in the thick of a messy middle right now, but yeah. like we trust in that it's, we're going places. And I'm already like, we talked about this too, like looking back, it's so easy to get stuck in the middle of entrepreneurship thinking, oh, I should be further. I should be making more money. I should have more followers. And then we think, wait a second, like rewind five years. If you would have told us five years ago that we'd be where we're at today, we'd be so damn proud. Oh, yeah. And I think especially, you know, for you and I, I, I get so wound up sometimes because I'm like, you know, I have all these big goals and I'm like, I don't know why Vogue magazine hasn't called me to talk about cowgirls. And I don't know why I haven't been on the Today Show to talk about, you know, 
And I think, gosh, I haven't done anything. Like, where is this going? This is stagnant. Like, what am I even doing? And then <laughs> sometimes, like the other day, I sat back and I was like, hmm, okay, I didn't even use the hashtag fancy lady cowgirl with the intention of sort of sharing the story behind it and what it meant until May of 2020. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't that long ago. And when, you know, it's, we haven't been doing this for 20 years. And when I look back at that and I think of like all of the things that I've done, you know, I, I got to do an event and I got to, I, I got asked to keynote the FFA convention, like all these crazy things. I'm like, okay, now I can, I feel a little better. I guess I've done a few things and, you know, I look <laughs> at you and I'm like, what? Okay. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're in magazines, you're on the Kelly Carson show, you're on Good Morning America. You have this amazing story. You're traveling the country. You're sharing your story. You, you know, Rachel Hollis is like calling you. And I'm like, from, from the outside looking in, I'm like, golly, Kaya's done so much. I haven't done anything. And I'm sure from the outside looking in, you're like, man, Courtney's got it together. I wish I could. Yeah. Everybody, it's so easy to get into that mm-hmm. mindset and the comparison game will crush your dreams faster than, than anything. And I'm guilty of it. I mean, I do it all the time, but um, yeah, I think it's just important to remember, you know, sort of where people started. I went from a, a full-time television host working for a network with benefits. They canceled the show and that was, I was like, I'm done. I am tired of just like climbing this ladder it's not a great environment, no matter where you go. I still want to tell stories. I still want to do TV, but I want to get to choose the jobs that I take, right? So I'm like, I'm going to be an independent contractor. I'm going to be a freelancer. Yeah, that's great. That that was great. It is great. It's wonderful. It's working out. But what nobody sees when I'm at these Western sporting shows or what nobody knew when I walked into Madison Square Garden to you know, be the sideline host for the PBR on Ride Pass it's like big and glamorous and man, like Courtney New Madison Square Garden, like she's doing the dang thing. What they didn't know is that for a year and a half in order to live in Dallas and in order to not have to move home with mom and dad, I walked dogs. That's how I paid my rent. You know, and that's the part of the story that, that people, that they don't see or that, that they don't understand. You know, it's so easy to see a photo of me, a professional photo with professional hair and makeup and these fancy clothes. And there's a reason that I take those, right? Those, that's how I start conversations. It's the juxtaposition. That's a whole nother story, right? But there's a purpose behind my madness, but it's so easy to see those photos and I'll see comments every now and then like, oh, never worked a hard day in her life. Must be daddy's money. You know, oh, well, if we were rich, we'd look like that too. I'm I'm not. (laughs) And nobody was on the streets when it was 110 in Dallas and I was walking dogs. You know, nobody was there when God bless my grandpa and my uncle when I had to drive home to Kansas and work on the ranch for a couple of weeks in order to be able to pay my rent, right? So I think that's what you have to remember. Nobody knows your journey. Like nobody's going to fully understand your journey. So when you know, stuff comes out of the woodwork and they're hating, or maybe it's just you, you know, you're like, golly, I I didn't measure up. I I stink. I can't get this. You have to really step back and look at the journey. And I'm like, oh yeah, I used to drive my little car around Dallas with little baggies of other people's dog poop in my car when it was 190 in Texas, $7 at a time, because I needed the flexibility so that if God willing, a TV job came, I could like not, you know, like, 
that's just the thing that people don't know. Fallon, like it's so easy to look at someone like Fallon Taylor running an empire and think, wow, you know, well, she was, she first, she was a world champion barrel racer. So then she had the platform to sell her shirts. No, she had to literally sell the shirt off her back to pay her entries to become a world champion. And I think that that's sometimes what, you know, we forget. It's, it's the little pieces that you miss in the middle, you know, that really build the business. Totally. Okay. I ask all my guests this question. This podcast is called Climbing with Coach Kaya because I think that all of us are climbing a mountain or a series of mountain ranges in our life. It's just an endless journey. And so my question for you is, what do you feel is the mountain that you're currently climbing right now in your life? Ooh, the mountain that I'm currently climbing. I think I always sort of feel like I know what the where the top is, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, if I can just, if I can make this much money, if I can land this job, if I can get on this platform, if I can have this many followers, that's it. And that's never how it works out, right? Um, right. You know, it's like, we were just talking about this, the mindset of, if I can find the one, like if I can get married, then I'll be able, I'll be, you know, I'll calm down and I'll be able to really, that's never how it works. So I think my mountain has no top. <laughs> like my, I'm just hanging on for dear life on, on, on this mountain. Right. But you know, when I think about a mountain and I think about the journey, I, I also think about like the, the places that I've been blessed enough to travel. You know, you and I both love to travel. We talk about this a lot and I've been around the world and, you know, Sometimes the climb is not wonderful. It's hard. You're out of breath. You know, the altitude's killing you. You're like, I hate my life. I'm jet lagged. Like, why are we even here? But then once you get to a certain spot in that mountain where you can sort of look down and see what's below you and sort of where you came from, then it all suddenly becomes worth it. So I think my mountain is really just remembering that I probably will never reach the top, but knowing that it's worth it for the view. So like, even if you're just at the middle of the mountain, yeah, you're still getting, you know, you're still getting the experience and the view. And yeah, I think, you know, it's just, for me, it's sort of really navigating what is Fancy Lady Cowgirl? What do I want Fancy Lady Cowgirl to become? Um, because like you mentioned early in the podcast, I do a lot of things. <laughs> like I'm a TV host and a public speaker and oh, I'm a Fancy Lady Cowgirl and I have events and I do this and I do this and I run a podcast and, you know, I take fancy pictures and, but that's, you know, that's me. That's what I love. Um, you know, early on when Fancy Lady Cowgirl was just like an inkling of like, maybe this could be something a hotshot, you know, advertising guy told me, he's like, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to help you build your brand. I'm like, wow, I'm going to be the next Nike. Like this thing is huge. And he's like, well, I'm going to tell you one thing. If it's something you love and something you enjoy, it's on brand. If it's something you don't like, and it's not really something you're interested in, it's not on brand. And then he walked away and I was like, that was it. But I've really taken that to heart. Like if it's something I like and it's something I enjoy, whether it fits, maybe it doesn't fit the fancy lady cowgirl in there, but I don't care. I share it. I talk about it, you know? Um, because I think that's what sort of makes my brand and my mountain unique is that I'm not just like straight lining up the mountain. I'm like climbing all around it. I'm going through the caves. I'm in the crevices. Cause I'm like, what's over here. What's over here. Let's see if this works. Let's see if this is cool. Let's see if this is fun. And so, yeah, my mountain, my mountain's a shit show. You know, (laughs) I love that. And you know what I feel like I'm hearing is the tagline that I made for my business is finding joy in the journey. And I think that that's, and we talked about this the other day at lunch, 
it's like we all can fall prey to that lie of once, like once I make the money, once I get the gig, once I reach this level of achievement, then, and that's not true, right? That's that's totally false that on the other side of achievement, that's not where everything lies. I think the secret is how can we actually just appreciate and find joy where we're at right now in this journey? Like mm-hmm. how can we stop on the climb and turn around and be like, whoa, look at this incredible view instead of just getting distracted by the climb? And yeah. I think that that is so, so stinking powerful. Okay, so Courtney, I want to know what's next for Fancy Lady Cowgirl. Is there anything that the people need to know that we're allowed to know yet? Um. Well, what's next for Fancy Lady Cowgirl? That's a million dollar question. Uh, I am going to host another event this year, um, the second. And Fancy I refuse Lady to miss event. it. I'm coming. Yes, <laughs> I'm planning it around you, so it's going to be great. Um. At this point, sort of shooting for early fall. So that will that will be coming. That will happen. Um, but there's just no telling. There's no telling <laughs> what's coming next for Fancy Lady Cowgirl. Um, Kaya, you know, there might be a grand adventure in the works. But, there just you might know, be. y'all will just have to follow along and see. Maybe I'll bring <laughs> Kaya along for the grand adventure. Um, you just, you just never know. So yeah, I, I don't know what's next. Um, I, you know, I do definitely want to have an event. I want to get women together. Um, I think that that's so important. Just the networking and the communities and the friendships that are built in person, Mm -hmm. I think is great. So I am actively working on that, but yeah, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And, you know, I look at all the things that have come in Fancy Lady Calgary, all the monumental things, you know, the one that comes to mind is FFA, you know, that getting to keynote the national FFA convention, the coolest things that have happened in, in my fancy lady cowgirl journey are things that I never saw coming. Right. It's things that I'm like, wow, wow. Then where did that come from? You know? And so I think it goes back to that finding joy in the journey. Like even on the days where I wake up a little anxious, I'm like, "Mm, when's the next speaking gig coming? Or gosh, I hope somebody books me for a TV or gosh, is Fancy Lady Cowgirl boring? Does anybody even care anymore? I have to like stop and think, but man, it's the things that I never saw coming that have changed this whole game, that have changed this whole narrative for me. So I wake up each morning just excited. You know, yeah, I wake up anxious and stressed out just like every everybody else, but there's always that little bit of excitement. Like, I wonder what's next. So yeah. I kind of just, you know, I take it as it comes. I love it. How can people connect with you? How can they be a part of this journey? Yeah, well, I'm I'm active on social media, <laughs> as I mentioned. Uh, Only kind comments, please. <laughs> yeah, please. If you hate me, just don't. Just don't let me know. Tell Kaya. Don't tell me. Um, <laughs> at Court Dehop on Instagram, Courtney Dehop TV on Facebook, CourtneyDehop.com, FancyLadyCowgirl.com for merch, all the things. Yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. Amazing. Well, Courtney, thank you so, so much for taking the time to chat with me and share your heart um, with this community. I I really loved and cherished this conversation and I love and cherish you and your friendship. So I appreciate you being here and I cannot wait to see what is next. Thank you. I'm excited and thanks for having me. It's always, it's always a joy to spend time with you. All right, friends. Thanks for tuning into another episode. We'll see you right back here next week. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please hit subscribe and leave me a review sharing what you loved most. Come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook to keep the conversation going as we continue to find joy in the journey. 
Until next time, I am cheering for you, friend. Keep climbing and we'll chat soon.